This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. Wouldn't it be incredible to have a world without poverty, without unemployment, and where carbon emissions were no longer a concern of people around the globe? That's the premise behind the book, A World of Three Zeros. Nobel Peace Prize winner Mohammed Yunus, who is considered one of the fathers of microfinance, looks for ways to achieve these goals in that new book that he has authored. And it's a pleasure to have him joining us on the show right now. Mohammed, thank you very much for your time today, sir. Uh, thank you very much for inviting me. Thank you. Uh, and, and part of your life's work has been really looking at poverty and, and looking at ways to lift people out, out of poverty. So, so you believe that there is a path where we can eliminate poverty as much as possible around the globe? Yes, indeed, because poverty doesn't uh, come from the poor, poor people themselves. Poverty is imposed from outside. It's a, it's a something that we have in the economic system, which uh, creates poverty. So if you remove those problems in the system, there's no reason why anybody should be poor. I give the example of bonsai, bonsai tree, that you take the best seed from the tallest tree in the forest and put it in a flower pot to grow. Right. It grows only two feet or three feet high, and it looks cute. It's a replica of the tall tree. Uh, and you wonder, it's, what's wrong with it? Why doesn't it grow as tall as that one? It's because uh, we gave them the best seed. The reason that it doesn't grow because we didn't give them the base on which to grow. We gave only a flower pot. The poor people are bonsai people. There's nothing wrong with the seed. Simply society never gave them the base on which to grow as tall as everybody else. So we have to look at the problem that we created. And one struggle that I had all my life is their banking system. Banking system doesn't reach out to them. And I keep saying that the, um, financing is a, is a kind of a oxygen, economic oxygen for people. If you don't give this oxygen to people, people get, people get sick, people get weak, people get non-functional. So the moment you connect them with the economic oxygen, the financial facility, then suddenly they wake up, they, suddenly they start uh, working, uh, suddenly they become enterprising. So that is the whole thing missing. Almost half the population of the entire world is not connected with the financing system. Right. Uh, then how do you how do you start to to build that out? Because uh, seemingly we have a, a, a much higher level of technology than we did ten or fifteen years ago. Uh, people have more and more access uh, to the internet and, and to uh, to the data. Maybe not understanding it. So how would you like this to to try and eliminate some of that? Uh, one thing, we created a bank for the poor people called Grameen Bank or Village Bank. We work uh, with the poor people in Bangladesh. I uh, became known as microcredit uh, globally. Uh, today, my Grameen Bank has over 9 million borrowers within Bangladesh. Uh, most of them are women, 97% women. And that idea has spread all around the world, including the United States. Uh, there's an organization called Grameen America, which lends money to the extremely poor people in the cities of the United States. There are seven branches of that Grameen America in New York City. And in total, there are 20 branches all over the United States, uh, including um, Boston, Houston, Omaha, Nebraska, and so many others. 
uh, nearly 100,000 borrowers are uh, given loans uh, over a, um, nearly a billion dollar right now, and they pay back near 100%. So we had to create this separate piece. That's the point I'm making. Mm-hmm. Banks don't still come out. So we need to address that. And at the same time, I focus on in the book the whole problem of wealth concentration. All the wealth of the world, all the wealth yep. of the nation is concentrated in a few or fewer hands. Today, eight people in the world owns more wealth than the bottom 50% of the people. And tomorrow it will be less than eight, and day after they'll be still lesser. And soon we'll have one person owning 99% of the wealth of the entire world because it's getting faster and faster. So whole machine, which we call the capitalist system, is sucking up, is the machine to suck up the wealth from the bottom and pass on to the top. And that's a very dangerous system. We have to be aware. I said this is a ticking time bomb. We have to address this how to reverse the process, how to tame the process. Which is interesting when you think about the wealth issue, uh, because uh, most people here in the United States, we we have obviously seen various reporting on how that affects, uh, that affecting is happening in the United States. But I, I think many people don't consider it to be a global problem, and you're saying that it is. It is a global problem yep. for the world. It happens every every city, every county, every state, every nation, wherever. Eight, four, the system is built that way. 844 Wharton is the number if you would like to join in. We're talking with Muhammad Yunus, uh, Nobel Peace Prize winner, author of the book A World of Three Zeros, 844-942-7866. Where carbon emissions are concerned, uh, I- I'm guessing to a degree you, like a lot of people, feel disappointed in some of the moves uh, made by President Trump towards the U.S., especially considering the path that potentially we were heading down with the Paris Accord. Oh, it's not only uh, disappointed, it's, uh, it's uh, very shameful that, that things like that happen. The uh, United States uh, can take an action like that because it took years and years for the whole world to mobilize that uh, feeling that, yes, this, this, we have to protect this planet because this is up for uh, most dangerous path. And we soon will come up at the uh, point of no return. Even if we try, we cannot make it happen because we cannot undo the things that we have done. So we still have a chance. And we came all the way from everywhere to come to Paris to sign, to get all the world's leaders, all the nations to sign up that, yes, we are going to protect it. And suddenly we hear now. Uh, United States government says we would draw from that. That's a shocking thing that could happen. Luckily, mayors and the governors, they are saying, no, we are still on the path. We'll continue to do that. I yeah. hope United States will reconsider that and continue to become the leader of the whole movement of stopping the global warming. Well, and I think just as surprising as that is, is also uh, it's surprising the fact that China to a degree, has taken a leadership role in this. And if you go That's back, amazing. Te- amazing you know, go back 20 years, nobody would have ever expected that. Yes, uh, the assumption was 20 years back, China, India, they will say, well, you got your uh, economic development done, so you are now uh, taking, talking about global warming. We have to go through it because we have no other alternative. Uh, after we reach, reach your level, then we'll consider that. Uh, the reality is completely different. Today, China, India, they are the ones who are leading the way. They are the leaders. They said we are, are, we are on our own uh, the, the, making decisions, not because of the pressure of the world. We do it because we think we have to, we feel that we have to protect the planet on, with our own action. They went ahead anyway. 
844-942-7866 is the number if you'd like to join in. We're talking with Muhammad Yunus, who is the author of the book, A World of Three Zeros, 844-942-7866. Or if you can't get your phone, send us a comment on Twitter, and we'll bring it up that, uh, on the show that way, at BizRadio111 or my Twitter account, which is at DanLoney21. The, the zero unemployment uh, part of this story I found very interesting. And, and in reading your seeming your philosophy on full employment, which is an issue uh, here in the United States where, you know, most people believe that we are at full employment right now, yet we still have four to five percent unemployment. You still have a lot of people that are marginally attached to the workforce. It seems like that is a, 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 a term that you are not a fan of very much at all. That's right, because I address the issue a completely different way. I said human beings are not born on this planet to work for somebody else. They're independent person, they're creative person, they're enterprising person. That's our history, that's our, in our DNA. When we were in the caves, we are not sending job application to each other. We are not sending job application from cave number five to cave number 10, uh, give me a job. We went ahead, we got things done. That's what we're known for. We are go-getters, we are problem solvers. But somehow capitalist system came, they said, no, you have to work for somebody else. Uh, that's the only way you can make a living. I said, that's absolutely the wrong idea. We have to go back to our entrepreneurship. We are all entrepreneurs. That's what we have to do. The whole problem of unemployment came because concept because of the concept of employment. We have to find an employment. If we didn't have the concept of un- employment, you don't have the, the problem of unemployment because everybody can be an entrepreneur. That's what we do. In Bangladesh, we address all the young people from Grameen families. So come up with a business idea, we'll invest in your business. We are a social business investment fund creating for you, created for you, so that you can come up with any business idea. We invest in you, and you'll be successful. Return the money that we give you. We are a social business. We don't want to make money from you. All the profit belongs to you, so that you move on. Now, thousands and thousands of young people keep coming every month, and we keep on investing in them every month. So it bores out. So that's a wrong thing. Every family, every school will be teaching the young people, look, you have two options as you grow up. You can be a job seeker or you can be an entrepreneur. So prepare yourself which way you want to have. There is Today, there's no option. Yeah. Everybody is told you have to get the best grade and get the best job in the world, as if job is the destiny of a human being. That's, that's a belittling human being. Human beings are not born to end up spending the whole lifetime working for somebody else. We have talked with a few people uh, on this show in the, in the last couple of years that have talked about the idea of being able to be a successful business yet still focusing on social issues, and and that's obviously what you're talking about with your social business. Uh, that that though that line of of work for people that's seemingly something that is increasing. I think that's a growing pattern that we're seeing here in the United States, and I would imagine you're seeing it around the globe as well. I see it every day, every, 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 every moment, because people really have that feeling inside of them. This is my thesis, what I promoted in the book. I said, people, the capitalist system is based on an interpretation of a human being, that human beings are driven by self-interest, meaning that selfishness. I said, that is absolutely wrong interpretation of a human being. Real human being is not all about selfishness. Mm-hmm. Real human being is selfishness and selflessness at the same time. So you develop both sides. Whatever strength you want to put in each side, that's up to your upbringing, your schooling, and so on. But you have two options, uh, and you can do both. You can create business to make money for yourself, 
Uh, that's a selfishness. And you can create business to solve problems, make other people happy in the world, protect the world. That's a selflessness. And that's a business that we create called social business. Social business is a non-dividend company to solve human problems. We completely eliminate the idea of making personal profit in social business. We totally dedicate ourselves into solving problems. Now, that idea of social business is growing. Young people are coming with business ideas. Big businesses are coming up to create social business yeah. alongside. So I'm very happy about that. Uh, hopefully, school, like Wharton School, will be teaching social business as a separate uh, subject and also give MBAs, uh, social MBAs, who, young people who will be preparing to operate social businesses, manage social business, create social business, and that will be an uh, integral part of the business. But is, is it disappointing you, to you to a degree, and I, I think it is to me, that we haven't, I mean, obviously we're seeing this push towards social business now, but I think a lot of people would say, you know, why didn't we see this 50 years ago? Uh, you know, I, I mean, obviously it's a different mindset, well, different culture, but still, yeah. you know, it's a question we, to be asked. We don't have to blame ourselves for not seeing it 50 years back. Okay. We must blame ourselves. Why not, why not see it now? Right. Right. Why are we delaying? Right. You talked about the healthcare for problem a little while ago. I was listening. Uh, look, look at the healthcare. Healthcare can be done by the businesses to make money, make profit. And yep. It becomes more and more exp expensive, more and more complicated, more and more political because they want to make money. And healthcare could be become a charity. Government gives healthcare free for everybody. Many countries do that. Or healthcare can be social business, business to solve problems not making money for any, any owners, so that they can sustain themselves. There is no tax burden on anybody. They want to make sure it becomes cheaper and cheaper every day rather than become more and more expensive all the, every day. We can try it out in one state, in one county, wherever you want to do. This is possible. This is, this, once, you, you, once you take out your uh, glasses of, uh, with dollar signs in your eyes, yeah. you see everything about dollars, how to make dollars. I said, why don't you for a while take the dollar sign glasses off your eyes, put the social business eyes. Suddenly you see lots and lots of opportunity for people to come up with creative ideas to solve the problem of the people. And if we bring all our creative energy of the whole world, all these problems that we see every day will disappear just like anything. We are joined by Mohammed Yunus, who is the author of the book, A World of Three Zeros. Your comments are welcome at 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. It's interesting you, you talk about that philosophy because when you think about uh, the, our environment that we have here in the United States and, and obviously around the globe, there are elements to that that could be great businesses and, and are and have developed that in the last few years uh, and still worrying about the social cause. And that's something that I, it almost feels like we're at a we're at a, at a point right now where we're going to see more companies decide I'm going to worry about this myself and not worry about the help potentially from the government. Yes, that's right. And yes, people are being conscious. There's pressure on the businesses. Why are you to paying attention to the social causes. They are gradually getting a little bit conscious about it. That's a good sign. But I'm saying each business, wherever they are, mega business, global business, or local business, a small business, middle business, they can, each one of them can create a small business of social business alongside their conventional business. Right. So this is not just related to one guy will do it and we'll all watch it. Each one of us can do that and invite all the creative activity. Once the big businesses, middle businesses get interested, suddenly so many ideas will keep coming. 
Today we blocked it out completely from our mind, as if yeah. all we have to do in our life is to make money. That's a wrong direction completely. And as you mentioned uh, in the book, a lot of that will rely on it, the entrepreneurship that people have and, and the mindset that people have. If we're able to develop that even further, th- then we're able to take those next incremental steps that we need to. Absolutely. That's all the idea. That's why, as I mentioned, that in the families, we'll be discussing with the young people in their schools. We'll be teaching them. You have two options. You can be an entrepreneur, you can be a job seeker. And when you become an entrepreneur, you have two options. You can run business to make money for yourself. You can run business to solve people's problems. And you can do both. It's not, that, it's not either or. You can do both. You can have money-making business for yourself. At the same time, you can have a social business for yourself. And you feel good that you're doing something which touches the lives of so many people around you. It's great having you on the show, Ms. Yunus. I thank you very much for your time. Thank it's you. A, it's a phenomenal book, and thank you for uh, for joining us on the show today. Thank you very much. Thank you. The book is A World of Three Zeros, The New Economics of Zero Poverty, Zero Unemployment, and Zero Net Carbon Emissions. Nobel Peace Prize winner Muhammad Yunus uh, joining us on the show here on Sirius XM 111. For more insight from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.